0: 1 Samuel 25. These are God's words. Then Samuel died, and the Israelites gathered together and lamented for him and buried him at his home in Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. Now there was a man in Maon whose business was in Carmel. And the man was very rich. He had three thousand sheep and a thousand goats. And he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. The name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance. But the man was harsh and evil in his doings. He was of the house of Caleb. When David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep, David sent ten young men, and David said to the young men, Go up to Carmel, go to Nabal, and greet him in my name, and thus you shall say to him who lives in prosperity, Peace be to you, peace to your house, peace to all that you have. Now I have heard that you have shearers, your shepherds were with us, and we did not hurt them nor was there anything missing from them. All the while they were in Carmel, ask your young men, they will tell you. Therefore let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come on a feast day. Please give whatever comes to your hand to your servants and to your son David. So when David's young men came, they spoke in a bowl, according to all these words, in the name of David, and waited. Then Abel answered David's servants and said, Who is David, and who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away each one from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shearers, and give it to men when I do not know where they are from? So David's young men turned on their heels and went back. And they came and told him all these words. And David said to his men, Every man gird on his sword. So every man girded on his sword. David also girded on his sword. And about 400 men went with David, and 200 stayed with the supplies. What does girded mean? It means they put their sword on that baby. Now one of the young men told Abigail and Nabal's wife, saying, Look, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, and he reviled them. But the men were very good to us, and we were not hurt, nor did we miss anything, as long as we accompanied them when we were in the fields. They were a wall to us, both by night and day, all the time we were with them, keeping the sheep. Now therefore know and consider what you will do, for harm is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such a scoundrel that one cannot speak to him. Then Abigail made haste, and took two hundred loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, five says of roasted grain, one hundred clusters of raisin, two hundred cakes of figs, and loaded them on donkeys. And she said to her servants, Go on before me, see? I am coming after you. "'but she did not tell her husband Nabal. "'So it was, as she rode on the donkey, "'that she went down under cover of the hill, "'and there were David and his men "'coming down toward her, and she met them. "'Now David had said, "'Surely in vain I have protected all "'that this fellow has in the wilderness, "'so that nothing was missing "'of all that belongs to him, "'and he has repaid me evil for good. "'May God do so and more also "'to the enemies of David.' if I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light. Now when Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David, and bowed down to the ground. So she fell at his feet and said, On me, my lord, on me, let this iniquity be, and please let your maidservant speak in your ears, and hear the words of your maidservant, please. Let not my lord regard this scoundrel Nabal. For as his name, so is he, Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. Now therefore, my Lord, as Yahweh lives and as your soul lives, since Yahweh has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand, now then let your enemies and those who seek harm for my Lord be as Nabal. And now this present which your maidservant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant, for Yahweh will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house, because my Lord fights the battles of Yahweh, and evil is not found in you throughout your days. Yet a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life, but the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with Yahweh your God. And the lives of your enemies he shall sling out, as from the pocket of a sling. And it shall come to pass, when Yahweh has done for my Lord, according to all that he has spoken concerning you, and has appointed you ruler over Israel, that this will be no grief to you, nor offensive of heart to my Lord, either that you have shed blood without cause, or that my Lord has avenged himself. But when Yahweh has dealt well with my Lord, then remember your maidservant, and David said to Abigail, Blessed is Yahweh God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me, and blessed is your advice, and blessed are you, because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and avenging from avenging myself with my own hand. For indeed, as Yahweh God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me, surely by morning light no males would have been left to Nabal. So David received from her hand what she had brought him, and he said to her, Go up in peace now to your house. See, I have heeded your voice, and I have respected your person. Now Abigail went to Nabal, and there he was, holding a feast in his house, like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. Therefore she told him nothing, little or much, until morning light. And so it was in the morning when the wine had gone from Nabal and his wife told him these things, his heart died within him and he became like a stone. And then it happened after about 10 days, Yahweh struck Nabal and he died. So when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, blessed be Yahweh, who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal. And has kept his servant from evil. For Yahweh has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. And David sent and proposed to Abigail Abigail, to take her as his wife. And when the servants of David had come to Abigail at Carmel, they spoke to her, saying, David sent us to you to ask you to become his wife. And she arose and bowed her face to the earth and said, Here is your maid servant, a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. So Abigail rose in haste and rode on a donkey, attended by five of her maidens. And she followed the messengers of David and became his wife. David also took Ahinoam of Yisrael, so both of them were his wives. But Saul had given Michal, his daughter, David's wife, to Palti, son of Laish, who was from Galim for the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. So the teaching of the chapter as a whole is uh, that David was sorely tempted by Nabal to avenge himself upon him for not uh, helping David out. And uh, that uh, in the sore temptation, the Lord used um, Abigail uh, to keep David from committing the sin of avenging himself to remind him that the Lord was going to avenge David and that vengeance belongs to the Lord uh, and that uh, having kept David from committing the sin of avenging himself uh, in that way then the Lord goes ahead and avenges David for him so you see that Uh, We need to keep our guard up against sin. Just having said no to a particular sin once by God's grace, helping us to see that such a sin would be against the Lord. You remember when David didn't avenge himself on Saul, he said, can't do it against the Lord's anointed. His heart smote him. God made his heart tender and he saw that his sin would be against the Lord. And when we resist Temptation. And when we say no to sin, um, uh, we do it by God's grace, making us to see that the sin is against God and hating it for that reason. It's not always a uh, true and full resisting of sin and temptation, just to not do it outwardly. Uh, If you are just counting the cost to yourself and really still wanting to do the sin, but thinking, It's going to be inconvenient, or there will be tough consequences. And so you still love the sin in your heart, but don't extend your hand to do it. You're not fully resisting. But David had fully resisted that sin just in the previous chapter with Saul. And God granting to us that we fully resist sin, recognize it as against him, have a tender conscience toward him, hate it for that reason, and say no to it and don't do it out of love for him. What 1 Samuel 25 does for us is it shows us that even when we have done this, we need to still keep our guard up because here's almost the same exact sin. Uh, it's uh, sheep shearing time, which means that they have been gathering provisions. This is like an end of the year harvest feast, harvest festival. Note all of the things that Abigail, Abigail has ready on hand to send to uh, to David's men. It tells us that uh the uh, sheep meat that she sends was already dressed and prepared so uh she and her maidens or maybe just her maidens or whoever it was who was doing the pr- food prep for the feast she had a bunch of food prep already you know the raisin cakes were uh were ready and the sheep were ready and so so forth now david knew that it was that season he very specifically knew that nabal was having a sheep shearing why because David and his men, who total 600, 400 were going to go uh, and execute the household of Nabal while 200 stayed with uh, the baggage, um, David and his men had spent that season guarding Nabal's very, very large flock. Uh, in fact, when Nabal's young men are giving Abigail the report, they say they were like a wall to us, uh, and we didn't lose... Uh, anything, so long as we uh, as we are with them. So David had the inside info because he'd been serving Nabal. Uh, he and his men had been serving Nabal for that entire year, for that entire season. Um, and sheep-tearing time was a celebration time as Nabal obviously uh, felt entitled to having a feast like a king in which he conducted himself like a wicked king getting very drunk. Uh, and so... Uh, 600 men uh, are very expensive to maintain and they're in the wilderness and so they're burning through whatever resources they have and they come to the uh, the end of the year and David sends the young men and says, hey, it's a time of feasting. You are uh, overspending uh, like, a, like a king who has had a very good year. One of the reasons you've had is a very good year is because we've helped you uh, overspend a little bit on us send just whatever comes to your hand i'm not asking for anything specific just be generous with us out of the uh, the riches that the lord has blessed you with in part by means of our protection and our help and of course nabelle is this harsh and evil man uh lord keep you boys in your um strength and energy from being harsh, but make you rather be strong with the strength of a man who has control not just over situations, but over himself and is gentle. Uh, and so David says, peace, 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 in verse six, peace to you, peace to your house, peace to all that you have. And Nabal says, basically, I don't have to have peace with you. I'm not sure I want to have peace with with you. Because many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. He basically accuses David of treason. Um, David has been giving Saul the benefit of the doubt. Whenever he encounters Saul, and we'll see it again uh, in the next chapter, he says, why are you listening to people who tell you that I'm against you? Uh, Of course, Saul is telling everyone that David is against him. It's been going the other way, but here's one who has fallen in line with the Saul narrative that David is a treasonous, rebellious man. Uh, and of course, um, that's not true And Abigail. Abigail knows the truth. Um, she says about the same situation in verse 29, yet a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life. Uh, she says, I know that you are not treasonous against Saul. though Nabal had accused David of being. Um, but you are following the Lord, and since you are maintaining your integrity before God, and Saul is the one who's in the wrong, keep trusting God. He'll avenge himself on you. Uh, so, Nabal and Abigail give very different, opposite uh, accounts. But you can see how Nabal is styling himself an enemy, because now he isn't just—he uh, isn't just refusing to help David. Who has serious needs, 600 men to take care of in the wilderness, but the way he's talking puts him in an alliance with the crown, uh, with Saul and hunting David down. And so now he's actually a legitimate threat to David. Um, so David isn't, you know, having a temper tantrum when he says, every man gird on your sword. The way that Nabal has answered has identified him as a legitimate threat to David and his men and their well-being. And yet, uh, and yet David was, uh, should not have avenged himself. Uh, and the text helps us see that that's what the Lord is doing here. He is protecting um, David uh, from committing this sin. So verse 26, uh, she says, As Yahweh lives, as your soul lives, since Yahweh has held you back from coming to bloodshed. Uh, verse uh, 29. Uh, the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with Yahweh your God and the lies of your enemies. He shall sling out as from the pocket of a sling. So she reminds him that the Lord is the avenger. Verse um, Verse 33. Uh, or back into verse 22, he blesses Yahweh God of Israel, and then, uh, blessed is your advice, blessed are you. There are a few different triplets, like the peace, peace, peace earlier that he sends, and now, blessed, blessed, blessed uh, to Abigail. And he says, blessed are you because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. Uh, and so, uh, uh, verse thirty nine in the last place, blessed be Yahweh who has pleaded the cause of my reproach and has kept his servant from evil. And so, one of the main things that the Lord, that David is blessing the Lord for in this chapter, is keeping him from avenging himself. So, three things that we learn in this passage to look to the Lord for: one, for our provision. David really needed the supplies, didn't he? He had 600 men in the wilderness. That's a lot of men to take care of. So we look to the Lord for our provision. And if we look to the Lord for our provision, that will keep us from committing wickedness in order to provide for ourselves. So for instance, uh, in the Proverbs, when it says, don't give me poverty so that I don't end up stealing. It says, I know my own sin, I know my own sinfulness, if I get to be needy enough, I will forget God because my faith is weak, and I will break his law and steal. So one thing to remember to look to the Lord for in this passage is your provision so that you will not be uh, fall into temptation to provide for yourself by stealing. Another thing uh, to look to the Lord for is to vindicate you and avenge you. Vindicate means to make everyone see that you are in the right. You're going to be in situations in your life, especially when someone is gossiping about you, or perhaps even in a legal case or situation where you've been falsely accused, or someone sues you, Um, and you may for a time uh, appear to many to be in the wrong, Uh, and uh, in those seasons you will be tempted to do something wrong to try to vindicate your own name. Now, it's not wrong to plead your case. It's not wrong to love having a good name and to want to have a good name in order to serve the Lord with it. Proverbs tells us a good name is better than riches. And yet, just like riches, a good name is something not to be gained by doing that which is wrong. And the thing you'd be tempted to do most is not tell your 600 men to gird on their sword And go eliminate this guy who is calling you a servant who has broken away from your master because, well, you won't have 600 men with swords. But what you will be tempted to do most of all is to slander people, uh, to gossip about them, and even to do it just ever so slightly in conversations, thinking about things to talk about or ways to say things that will make you appear in a slightly better light and make them appear in a slightly worse light. You resist that by trusting in the Lord to vindicate you, to show your good name, to give you a good name with others. And the same with vengeance. The two uh, are very close. So you trust the Lord to provide for you, and you trust the Lord to vindicate you and avenge, avenge you. And another thing to look for, to the Lord for is help for looking to the Lord. Because that's really the big thing that the Lord does here for David. He doesn't just provide for his men. He does provide for his men, but he doesn't just provide for his men. He doesn't just avenge David, although he does uh, avenge David, Uh, but he also, and this is the almost, and looks like the primary thing that David is praising him for uh, by the end of the chapter, he keeps David from avenging himself. He sends Abigail to remind David that David should be looking to the Lord for provision, for vindication, for his vengeance. Um, uh, and that's helpful to us. Because when we hear, you should look to the Lord for provision, we know that's true. But we also know in our hearts it's hard to look to the Lord for provision. We worry, uh, and we panic, uh, and we are we easily fall into unbelief and sin. We hear that we should shouldn't gossip, that we should... Trust the Lord to vindicate our name. We shouldn't avenge ourselves. We should trust the Lord to set things right and only, um, plead our case in appropriate ways and to appropriate authority. Um, and we, we say, Oh, yeah, that's true, but it's hard. We want to avenge ourselves. We want to gossip. We've got that sinfulness left in our fleshliness. Um, and, and so we say it's hard to look to the Lord for those things. Well, good news. You can even look to the Lord for the looking to the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit who gives us faith. It's the Holy Spirit who makes us to uh, walk by that faith in paths of righteousness. We can pray with the psalmist, lead me in paths of righteousness for your own name's sake. Uh, And the Lord even sends us brothers and sisters who are like Abigail to us, reminding us of what the Lord has promised. And that the Lord always keeps his promises uh, and strengthening us, stirring us up to love and good works like Hebrews 10 says that the church are all to do one for another, especially in the Lord's days when we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So you can look to the Lord for your provision, look to the Lord for your vindication and vengeance, and even look to the Lord for your looking to the Lord. Let us ask God to do that for us. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this portion of your word. And we do look to you for the looking to you. We ask that your Holy Spirit would help us. That he would keep on our minds and our hearts uh, what you have taught us from First uh, Samuel 25. That this portion of your word would find fertile soil that your spirit has softened within us so that your word would take root and that it would bear in our lives the fruit of being uh, peaceable uh, and counseling and receiving counsel from one another and trusting in you uh, and walking straight in paths of righteousness. Please do this for my children their whole life long. I ask that when it comes into a season uh, of great neediness or under attack uh, from others, that you would bring to their mind this worship, this word, this truth that we have seen from your word together just now, and that you would stir up their faith and joy in the Lord Jesus, and that you would indeed deliver them out of every adversity, as we know that you will do, because we ask this through our Redeemer, even the Lord Jesus. And your children here say, Amen.